Thank you for joining us for the next quarter of an hour as the Church of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut brings you this Bible study program, Shear Jeshub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, in July of 2002 as part of the Heavenly Authority series. We are in 1 Samuel chapter 17 in the account of David and Goliath. When we left off last time, David was questioning the men of Israel who are terrified by the taunting Goliath, asking, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? David's oldest brother, Eliab, tries to silence David, but David answers, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Here now is Pastor Greg. To speak the word of the Lord, to desire to bring forth God's way, to take up the cause of God. Is there not a cause to do that which is right? This giant has tormented Israel. Saul is paralyzed. The troops are paralyzed. It will end in their defeat if someone doesn't speak up and make Goliath, who looks very big, to take him and put him in proper perspective and say, no, he's really very small compared to God. Is there not a cause to take up the cause of the Lord? And I can ask you today, is there not a cause? And we think about the Goliaths of our society, the immorality, the greed, the sinfulness, how families before our eyes are dissolving. The basic fabrics of what God put together for stability are dissolving. They're being destroyed. The anti-Christian attitude, the spirit of antichrist that has permeated the globe. We see it so prevalent over in Europe and it's here. To want to push aside any reality in the gospel to maybe speak about the gospel as a myth or the Lord Jesus as someone that taught good ethics, but to deny the very power of God and the reality of these scriptures and the reality that he is, that's the spirit of Antichrist. There's a spirit of murder on our society. Can we doubt that this week? And there's a spirit of pornography. When they go into that man's home, I guarantee you they'll find pornography. The horror, the fear that are in parents' hearts today to think that people can grab your child from your front lawn or go into your house. You know, the doors and the gates around our homes are really more spiritual barriers than physical barriers. People can knock them down easily. It's more the actual idea that they're there and the spiritual respect that a person grows up with that you don't invade on someone else's area. But when someone is demonic, when a society is chaotic, when people are so filled with lust and murder and greed, those doors and those windows and those gates mean nothing to them. As we push aside the spirit of the living God from this country and we let in spirits of lust and immorality and all those horrible things that kept the pagans so trapped, 
Unfortunately, more and more of these type of incidents are going to happen. There are Goliaths in this country, and we still have people defending pornography on the internet. Children can get on the internet and see things that it was impossible for grown men to see maybe 20, 30 years ago. I saw this past week a television show with a secular psychiatrist, and this man was not a Christian, but he was getting disturbed as he reasoned through the process. You can see him upset because they were discussing how children can go into the libraries and the schools and get on the internet. They're seeing the most outrageous, twisted, bizarre behavior explicitly displayed before them and there are these networks of people who tell them this is right try this try that anonymously talking back and forth in the chat rooms to tell these kids to go out and do abominable things and the psychiatrist was saying gee you know we never had in western civilization for thousands of years this type of thing being put upon eight-year-old nine-year-old boys we wonder what's going to happen when they start to turn 20 and 30. If they grow up, you know, bathed in all this twisted, murderous, brutal stuff. It says in the last days, there'll be dangerous days. There'll be brutal days. And yet there are people that defend that garbage on the internet as a First Amendment right. And just what we see on our TVs, that alone would have shocked people 50 or 60 years ago. There are Goliaths in this country that desire to destroy innocence, innocent life, the innocence of our children. And we have a generation of people that are dying not knowing Messiah. So I can ask you today, is there not a cause? Should that not be enough for us, even if we're the most embarrassed, non-speaking, uh, someone that's shy, isn't that enough to make us speak up? To leave all that embarrassment, that shyness, and that insecurity behind and say this is what's right and this is what's wrong? Those that are wrong are very brazen. They're not shy, they're not embarrassed, they boldly get out and they pronounce all their ideas and ideology. And they twist the debate to make what's right seem wrong, what's wrong seem right. Is there not a cause? Is there not a word? The word of the living God that we need to defend and speak up. And if not now, when? Too often the Lord's people are like those Israelites on the hill of the valley shaking and quivering with fear because we look at what's coming against us and we say it's just too large it's just too powerful and we forget who we are we forget who we saw in the mirror when we accepted Jesus Christ that he said you are a sinner you don't deserve anything but I clean you off I lift you up I seat you in heavenly realms I baptize you in the Holy Spirit, the things that I've done, greater things shall you do, because I go on to my Father. And you shall be my witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. We are the people of the living God. Is there not a cause? David cannot help but speak out, and that is what makes him a good leader, and really it should be a lesson for all believers. Verse 30, Then he turned from him, 
turns from Eliab. He's not even going to argue with him anymore. And what does he do? He turned toward another and said the same thing he said before. And these people answered him as the first ones did. So he's still looking for a champion. He goes right back to doing what he's doing, and he won't let Eliab stop him. Verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, because of Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Your servant. Notice again the humility. He's been anointed king by Samuel, and still he's respectful to Saul's authority. Your servant, David, says he himself will go and fight the Philistine. No one else has to worry. Young David says, I'll do it. And there's another characteristic of leadership, to put yourself out in front of the battle, not to ask others to do what you are not willing yourself to do. David is asking them, but he's willing himself to do it. And young David now is not so concerned for himself as with the cause of the Lord and the danger to Israel. Obviously, at this point in his youth, he's, he's not in his prime as Eliab is or as powerful looking as Saul and his main troops, and yet David is not concerned for himself. He's concerned for the cause of the Lord. He's focused on the victory that God is going to win, no matter how weak he may seem compared to Goliath. And so he takes the burden upon himself. That's the nature of David. And that's the nature of the son of David. Jesus took the burden upon himself. He took the responsibility upon himself. David here assumes the responsibility. He takes up the burden. He will go out and fight the battle. Jesus went out and fought the battle for us. He took all our sins upon himself. He fought the battle that in this world, not once in all those years he lived did he sin. Though tempted by the devil, tempted by his flesh, he never once yielded, he never once sinned. He fought the good fight and he gave up his life for us. It's important for those who are in leadership to take up the burden to assume the responsibility, not to just tell others to do it, not to tell them to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And he does it even at what others would see as a great danger to his life. Now, he has his eyes focused on God. He's not concerned with his life. He knows God will give the victory. But from someone else's perspective, they would say, look, look what he's doing. He's going to get killed. And yet he took the responsibility upon himself. Note that David's apparent bravery is not based upon himself. It's not out of pride. If that was the case, if he said, look, I'm, I can defeat this guy. Who is this guy? Based on a faith in himself, he'd lose. And Israel would be in servitude. David's boldness is based upon the power and nature of God. That's where the faith comes from. That's where the taking up the burden comes from. He knows God can work through any of them. That's why he's asking each of them. And then he says, well, let him work through me. 
I'll do it. Let the others not worry. I'll go. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul responds in verse 33. He said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. From his youth, this giant has been trained in all different weaponry. He's well-trained. He's a seasoned, hardened man of war, and you're a kid. You're a youth. You have this boy versus this seasoned giant warrior. And Saul recognizes the contrast between the weak, inexperienced, and the evil, trained warrior, hardened and mighty. But God sees the contrast too. What does God see? He sees a faithful, dedicated vessel. That's all God needs. A faithful, dedicated vessel in his God's battle. It's God's battle, not David's. Against the defier of God's people. The taunter of God's people. So Saul sees a contrast, but God sees a contrast that makes a greater difference. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. You can always write to us at Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. And may our Lord Jesus bless you as you seek and serve Him.